Good morning, church. Thank you. Honored to be in front of you and stand before you today to bring God's word to us. The title of today's message is two words, all in, all in. Join me in Matthew chapter 13, and we're going to look at this parable that Jesus gave us. Look at the contents and the depth of it. We continue this series in the kingdom of God in Matthew chapter 13. Now, let me set the stage for us real quickly. What I've learned through the Christian life is that any time you and I experience God, whether it be in our daily quiet time, our daily reading, scripture memory, and Sunday school connect groups, doing life with one another, anytime you and I experience God, encounter God, here's what I know. God requires a response from us. A few examples. In Genesis, Adam and Eve doing life. Wouldn't it be great back in those days? Perfect, wonderful. And then they sinned. And then they enacted the first ever hide-and-go-seek game when they heard God walking in the garden. I loved hide-and-go-seek when I was young. They heard him. They went and hid. And then he says, not that he didn't know this, he says, where are you? God requires a response. Every time we encounter God, and then Jesus in the New Testament, we find him at the, the, encountering the woman at the well. And he basically told her everything that he knew about her. He required a response. And when she realized this Jew encountering a Samaritan woman told her her entire life, she ran off believing that this is the Messiah because she knew, knew it in her heart. She responded. And then one other character in the New Testament that I, I discovered this week, I thought this is pretty cool. If I was this guy, I, I, I would be glad to respond to Jesus. For you see, this guy in John 11 had been dead for four days. Four days. And when he heard his name called by the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus responded. Here he goes. He responded the best that he could. That's all he could do. He responded. I'm not so sure that Lazarus was happy to exit out of heaven, back to this world again, but he did it because it's not about him. It's about Jesus and how Jesus wanted to use Lazarus and the resurrection to encounter us that realize that Jesus is the life and the resurrection. So today... As we consider all in, I know Jesus is going to encounter you through the form of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that you'd be obedient to that. Now join me in, Luke, in, in Matthew chapter 13, beginning in verse 44. Scriptures will be on the screen. Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven, I'll let you get there. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. 
when he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. Now here's a reminder of what a parable is that Jesus is sharing with us through Scripture. A parable is a common story to teach divine truth. It's a common story to teach divine truth. So here's the common story that we just read. For alliterations, please allow me to use the, the, the first one is two dudes, because I wanted to stay with D's. We have two dudes. They're doing life just like you and I. They have a routine. Now, is school over, kiddos, students? School. Amen, praise the Lord. Okay, so you can check that routine off. So we get up, we do live, we do breakfast. We get up, we go to work, we go to school. And then we hit the reset button and we do it again. This is what these two dudes were doing. They were just doing life. And not only do we find the two dudes, we find two discoveries. Each of them discovered something. One found a treasure hidden in a field. The other found a pearl of great value. Now, how would you like to discover that? That'd be pretty cool. But today, you and I have the opportunity to discover something. But I promise you, it's far better than what they found. Now, here's the two decisions. And it's ironic to me that both did the same thing. They sold out. They sold everything. Everything they owned, minus kids and grandkids and everything else. They sold everything. Say everything with me. Everything. Say it again. Everything. They sold everything. They were all in. They were all in. And when we encounter God today, I pray through the form of the Holy Spirit that you'll be all in. Now, here's the divine truth. Please don't miss this. Please don't miss this. It's only when these two dudes discovered the value of what was inside the treasure and inside the oyster shell that they sold everything. Now, I can only imagine this one dude finding this treasure hidden in something called maybe a, a treasure box. He didn't know what he had. And thank the Lord for Floyd's who allowed me to get some oyster shells. I did not eat any. They're disgusting to me. <laughs> but listen, the pearl of great price is in here. The pearl. This hidden treasure. When they discovered, my friend, what was inside it, they sold everything. They were all in. They sold out. Now here's the treasure. Breaking news. If you are here and you are a have person, that you have Jesus Christ in you, you have the treasure in you. Jesus is the treasure. A common story, hidden treasure, per, uh, shells. The divine truth, it's Jesus. And my friend, Jesus wants you and me to be all in. All in. 
All in. Now, I said we have the people that are here that are haves, that have Jesus in our life. There might be some people here today that have not, that do not have Jesus in them today. But the good news for both of us is that we can have Jesus in us. Those that have Jesus, we know we have the treasure in us. Those of you who have not discovered Jesus and Jesus, you can have him too. He's yours. But here's what it's called today, and here's what it's been called. This is a universal sign of surrender, my friend. Men and women of years gone by died for that flag and died for me and you. They surrendered their life, just like Jesus did for us. And in New Testament terms, in biblical terms, there's another word called surrender, my friend. It's called the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Vance Havner said, Jesus is either Lord of all, or he's not Lord at all. You see any gray area? You know why? Because there's none. And I'm asking you through the form of the Holy Spirit, led by God, that you would decide today, that when you encounter Jesus today, that you will decide before you walk out those doors to be all in. All in. That's why Jesus told the story. He wanted us to hear the story. He wanted us to see the divine truth that's behind the hidden treasure and the pearl of great price. So here's what we've discovered about what's inside every believer. I'm going to give you three or four things here real quickly. Here's what's inside of every believer. And my friend, if you're here and you have not Christ, this can be you too. Surrender. First thing I want, to notice, I want you to notice is the treasure of God's wisdom and knowledge are available to you. They're available to us. Colossians 2, 2 and 3 says this. I want, listen to Paul. Paul was all in, man. Paul was all in. He said, I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have a complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In Jesus, in him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. If you ever go through life and you're doing this, hmm, I wish I knew this. I wish I could have, have wisdom to know which path to take, which, what to do here, where to go. You got Jesus in you. Everything Jesus is, is in you. If you're a believer. But what we don't do is we go talk to other people that we, that we trust and, and maybe they give us good advice. Maybe they don't give us good advice. Maybe we need to get someone in our life that trusts God's word and give us biblical advice about how to do life. James says, man, if you lack wisdom, ask God and he'll give it to you generously. I can imagine some students here today graduated from high school. Maybe some still on the fence. They don't know what they're going to do. They don't know where they're going to go. It's okay. If you have Jesus in your life, it's okay. It's okay. Adults in here maybe lost a job, maybe don't know where to go, what to do. The world is crazy. Have you noticed? Are you with me? It's crazy. Hebrew name for God, Jehovah Shalom. The God of peace lives in me. He lives in you. Why do we wring our hands as adults, as people going, I don't know what to do. Jesus is going... Let me tell you, 
Get in the book. Spend time with me. I come across people every once in a while, sadly, every once in a while, who I wish I could be more like them. Brother Dan Stallman, pastor friend of ours. I was on staff with him back when I was 21 years old a few years ago. <laughs> My first staff meeting with him when I was a college student, he called me to staff meeting, got out of class, which was a blessing, went to staff meeting, and he said, let's pray. And listen, my friends, when Brother Dan started praying, I, I peeked. I opened one eye because I could have sworn Jesus was sitting right next to him. Do you know why? Because Brother Dan was so intimate with the Father and with Jesus and the Spirit. I peeked. Can that be said of you, my friend? Michael Jordan made a famous commercial Nike did about his life. Be like Mike. I don't want to be like Mike. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. I want to realize that all wisdom and knowledge is in Jesus who's in me. That's what I want. That's what I want from you. And listen, I as one of your pastors and Pastor David, we can tell you that all day long. But the one who wants it most for you is the one who died for you. Jesus was all in. And when he died on the cross, he died with you in mind. You in mind. You in mind. Everybody in mind. He died for you. And then he gave us a mission when, he, when we asked him to come in our life. He said, I want you to be like me. Be like Jesus. Seek and save that which was lost. To so go out of here and tell people about Jesus. Listen, my friend. I've been doing this for a good long time, as young as I am. Here's what I know. Here's what I'm burdened about. The reason the world is not as in good a shape as it can be is because the church of Jesus Christ doesn't look much different than the world. It does The bride of Christ is not in a beautiful white flowing gown. Gown is dirty because the sin that is in our life. And Jesus says, I died for more than that. I died all in. Students, he wants you all in. And church, listen, whoever wants the next generation the most is going to get them. The world's after them. They're hot and heavy after them we got to be on our knees as parents and grandparents. The church, the group that wants these next generations is going to get them. And praise God for Matt and Haley. Don't ever badmouth them. Spend your time praising them versus putting them down. We got the treasure, the knowledge of God. Number two, Christ's incomprehensible peace surrounds your heart and your mind. Paul said in Philippians 4, he says, then you will experience. My friend, listen, God wants you to be all in. He wants you to experience him. He said, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can, under, we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Listen. 
when you can go to sleep at night and lay your head on your pillow and you go, thank you, Jesus, for your peace that guards my heart and my mind. You're going to have a great night's sleep. And that's who Jesus is. He's all in. He's the treasure. And there's more. I can't cover it all. I could. We'd miss lunch, supper, and breakfast. Number three, when Jesus dwells in your life, everything, say everything, everything available to Christ dwells within you and me. Paul again. Paul got it. Paul got it. Paul understood because he told the church at Colossae and, and uh, Philippi, and now he's, he's in Ephesians. He says, though I am least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about this endless treasure available to them in Christ. Verse 19, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. He says, then you'll be made complete and the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Do you believe that? It's in God's word. You either believe it or you don't. Listen, my friend, God wants you all in. He, got, he gave his life for you all in. And he says, the fullness of life. Here's what I hear sometimes. It breaks my heart. How you doing, brother, sister? Well, I guess it's okay. I'm under the, the circumstances I'm under. Under the circumstances? Jesus said, I died for more than that. This of you to be under the circumstances. Raise, rise up. Believe in who you are. Stop listening to the lies of the enemy. You can't do that. You can't have peace. You can't have it. Really? Jesus said, I can. When you look at the fruits of the Spirit, there's nine of them, nine characteristics. After I read each one, I want all of us to say, he's in me. You ready? Got it? Love. He's in me. Joy. Peace. Now say it with a, maybe a little bit more enthusiasm. Still like, row. he's in me. All right. Here's a good one. You ready for this one? I'm glad I stopped and started here. You ready? Patience. He's Patience. He's Patience. Isn't that a great word? Don't you love when people say, oh, just be patient. I'm going to patiently do something with you <laughs> in the name of Jesus. How about this? Kindness. He's in me. There's some mean people in the world. I encounter them every two weeks when I go to Sam's and fill up. <laughs> I thought, well, they're everywhere. Goodness. He's in me. Faithfulness. He's in me. Ready? Self-control. He's in me. Do you believe it? You can only believe it, my friend, if he's in you. And he's asking us today to be all in. As believers and non-believers, here's what we need to do. We, when we surrender to the one who owns us, then Jesus will be all we want. 
And when Jesus is all we want, we will want nothing more and we will settle for nothing less. All in. All in. I mentioned Paul. Paul was all in. You need to read Philippians 3 when you have a chance this afternoon. You'll understand what this means. But Philippians 3.10 in the Amplified Version, listen to how Paul was all in. Listen to these great descriptor words. He says, for my determined purpose is to know him. Paul had a determined purpose. Paul just didn't flippantly wake up on Monday morning and go, hmm, I don't feel like reading God's word today. Close, go, to, go, go do work, go do your routine. Paul says, my determined purpose is to know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. Paul was all in. And I'd like to thank Paul from heaven today and saying, you can do it. But you got to sacrifice. you got to surrender your wants. Well, I don't like that. I don't want that. That's pure selfishness, my friend. As the body of Christ, God is calling us to be different. He's calling us to be all in. Paul was all in. He said in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. Just like Jesus was, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer that I live, but Christ lives in me. Does he you? Does he? And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Paul was all in. Paul was all in. He got it. And then he said in Philippians Chapter 1, verse 21, for me, listen, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. My friend, for time's sake, but I'm going to give you homework. You need to go research how the 12 disciples died. They were all in. Can't help myself. I'm going to save your research. Here we go. Because I know most of you would not do that. Listen, my friend, because I love God and I love Jesus. I love the Holy Spirit so much. We're on Holy Spirit time today. Here's what Jesus said in Luke 9, 23. Jesus told us to deny ourselves. It's not about our wants. We've become so soft. Take up your cross daily and follow me. And if you want to know how to do that, you come see me. I love this stuff. I love to help people come closer to Jesus because I want to get closer too. Glad you're sitting down. Here you go. In AD 44, King Herod ordered James the Great to be thrust through with a sword. He was all in, my friend. He was the first apostle to be martyred. The bloodbath began. Luke was hung by the neck on an olive tree in Greece. Doubting Thomas was pierced with a pine spear, tortured with red-hot plates, and burned alive in India. In AD 44, the proconsul of Heropolis had Philip tortured and crucified because his wife converted to Christianity while Philip while listening to Philip preach. 
And Philip continued to preach while on the cross. Can you say, is there any doubt that, that Philip was all in? Matthew was stabbed in the back in Ethiopia. Bartholomew was flogged to death in Armenia. James the Just was thrown off the southeast pinnacle of the temple in Jerusalem. After surviving the 100-foot fall, he was clubbed to death by a mob. He was all in. Simon the Zealot was crucified by the governor of, of Syria in AD 74. Judas Thaddeus was beaten to death with sticks in Mesopotamia. Matthias, who replaced Judas Iscariot, was stoned to death and then beheaded. And Peter was crucified upside down at his request. And then John the Beloved, who gave us the Gospel of John, and uh, first and second, third John in Revelation. He's the only disciple to die a natural cause because he, he's the only one that survived his own execution. Listen to what he went to, students. See if you want to tap your, put your toe in this. When a cauldron of boiling hot oil could not kill him, the emperor exiled him to the island of Patmos and then returned to Ephesus. Then he returned to Ephesus and wrote three epistles and died of natural causes. My friend, those three, those 12 guys were all in. And here I stand. Here you sit. Would you go through that? We might have to. But I'll tell you right now, with my precious wife sitting here, I'm all in. And if you want to follow us, you come follow us, because we're all in. I end on this story. And then we're going to have a song, a response, because God requires a response. Mark Batterson wrote a book called All In. Wonder where I got my title. The first chapter of the book is entitled Pack Your Coffin. Here it goes. A century ago, a band of brave souls became known as one-way missionaries. We got some missionaries in here. All of us are missionaries, by the way. We're all missionaries. They purchased purchase single tickets to the mission field without a return half. And instead of suitcases, they packed their few earthly belongings into coffins. As they sailed out of port, they waved goodbye to everyone they loved, everything they knew. Some students in here are going to do that when you go off to college, you go off to workplace or whatever. But you're coming back, probably, God willing. They knew they would never return home. A.W. Milne was one of those missionaries. He set sail for the New Hebrides in the South Pacific, knowing full well that the headhunters who lived there had martyred every missionary before him. Milne did not fear for his life, my friends, because he had already died to himself. My question to us is, have you died to yourself? Has Randy died to himself? Because if we don't die to ourselves, we're not going to live out there. We're not going to be what God wants us to be because we might have a hangnail and then it's difficult. He, he died to himself before he even got there. 
his coffin was packed. For 35 years, he lived among the tribe, and here's the key, and loved them. When he died, the tribe members buried him in the middle of their village, which says a lot, and inscribed this epitaph on his tombstone. It says, when he came, there was no light. And when he died and left, there's no darkness. That's what God's calling me and you today. All in. All in. I'm never going to play the Holy Spirit, so the Holy Spirit's getting ready to do its work if he hadn't already. How are you going to respond to Jesus today? Having heard this message that God put on my heart. How are you going to respond to the Holy Spirit who's prompting you to be all in? It's between you and Jesus.